Shouts at all y'all rappers, bro. Shout, you just spitting facts. Oh my, you said what I want. I've been saying. That's yeah. so many. Uh, oh man. That's eighty percent of rappers. I feel like hip hop hustle podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up with it? It's official. For the first time ever, we have Hip Hop Hustle podcast merch. From hoodies to T-shirts to hats and even slides, go to the hiphophustlepodcast.com to get yours. All right. There we go. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. Uh, we're doing it in person today. Uh, it's my man, the one and only Josh Alias. Uh, yeah. it's I can't believe it. We're here in in uh in queens, queens right we're here in queens um i i don't know how i'm here to be honest i'm lost uh coming all the way from australia we got his boy as well i'm gonna do one of these ones you young, can see his boy right K. there yo you wait go so we're, we're doing it for real but man it's an absolute pleasure to to have you on again it's a pleasure to see you in person but pleasure yeah. How's it been? How's it been? I mean, last time we spoke, was it, I think, a year ago, around about? Probably. Yeah, man. It's about been about a year. Time flies when you're having fun, man. Yeah, because we were talking about off mic and, and you were saying, like, you know, it's tough at the moment. Like, it, being an artist is more than being an artist. It's like, you have to be a content creator, right? Yeah. It's like, it's not as simple as just, okay, I'm just going to make music and whatever's going to happen. But now yeah. you'll have to, like actually put in effort on putting posts out and fans aren't just going to listen to your music. So how's that been in terms of adjusting? Man, it's been, the landscape has changed a lot. Like before you just post music, if people rock with you, they're going to listen, you know, you don't have to fight for people's attention now because of like, you know, the creator landscape, everyone is trying to like get attention at the same time, like become like oversaturated. So it just becomes like they it's almost like rappers like myself are like forced to get in a space where we have to push an image more and force out content quicker. When I'm like a perfectionist, I like to take my time with my art, you know what I mean? But in order to like grow and more people see your stuff, you gotta post every single day. So I'm not gonna lie, it's been a challenge. It's not what I'm not used to it. I'm I just wanna be a rapper and artist with my homies, make my music, let the fans who wanna hear me know when I drop and they can, you know what I'm saying, do what they want at that point. But, you know, it's just adjusting, learning that I got to put a little more time in, be a little more consistent with social media, show my face a little more, you know, you know, take a little practice, but we getting there. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because like you have to think differently to when you started, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. you, you began and you're like, Hey, I'm just a rapper yeah. and I'm going to rap. And like, now you're just like, well, I am a rapper, but then I got to do all this other shit and like, and your fans obviously have to adapt as well. Cause they're going to have to see way more content. I'm, I'm sure they're not going to complain, but they're like going to have to see like non-music content start to be part of your brand. Yeah. That's the, that's the interesting part. Cause like before this music stuff and even like now my whole aesthetic and the way I live my life is like, I'm a low key kind of person. Like I don't really, I'm not too, you know, only with my close immediate people, like I'm, 
very social with, but I'm a kind of like an introverted extrovert. So like to kind of show things that are a little more personal, like the behind the scenes, like what really goes on is like something I kind of pushed out of the my brand for a while. And I just, cause I just wanted the music to speak for itself. But now it's not, that's not enough, you know, because I can't make music every single day and drop a song every day and post four reels on it. You know what I'm saying? So they want to see other stuff. So um, it's going to take a little time to like, but in this music game, you got to like adjust, do things you're not comfortable with in order to grow. That's, you know, that's with anything in life. You want to get better at something. If you don't take some risks, you don't go out of your comfort zone. You're going to stay in the same spot. You feel me? So, thank my boy. See, I got. I'm going to just say, y'all can just hear me. Yeah. We've been on this for a minute, and this has been the, the driving force behind the movement, low-key, but helping us all adapt to the way the game, the landscape of the game is different now. Yeah. Because from how we used to be able to just drop a fire video. That was it. And the shit goes viral. Yeah. Blow up. But yeah. now it's like the, the attention span is shorter. Yeah, like, he's right, like, I'm definitely, like, good with the internet and learning stuff, and I'm trying, and I appreciate my bro saying that, that's UA, you know what I'm saying, but, like, at the same time, like, before it was so easy, we would just drop an album, like, we would still promote, don't get it wrong, we were pushing, we put money behind our moves, but it was, like, we put a lot of hard work in the music, and, like, the hardest work of it was done, like, the internet kind of took it and rolled with it, now, the hardest work isn't making the music, because we can make that in our sleep. The hardest work is finding ways to present it and push it properly. And now it's not like we're only competing on the social media platforms or YouTube or XYZ to get our music out with just rappers or artists. Like we're competing with a million different content creators from like every single genre of the world. You know what I'm saying? Everyone's trying to be an influencer. So obviously when there's it's that saturated, your stuff is going to be less seen, you know, because you're in competition with, I guess, the world. You feel me? So... Yeah, we're adjusting with time, and but you know it's kind of sad to see, but at the same time, like it's also a really good time for creators too. People's lives are changing. I see it. Like people who, in two weeks, because of the algorithm, could their life could be changed. So it's a beautiful time because before you had to pay for that. You know what I'm saying? You had to pay to get that type of exposure. Well, you still got to pay to like you know be verified. So exactly. like you know everyone knows that you can play for pay for the blue check now, whereas before like you know. You, they kind of just verify you surprise yeah you can apply for it and they kind of just test you whereas now they're like hey man do you want to be like low-key famous like you know it's like elon is like hey man and, and zuckerberg they're all like i can make 20 bucks a month from however many users they all want to be verified it's like yeah. it's this crazy thing now and lots of people are doing it it's such a waste of money it's, like yeah it's like it kind of shows you it really opens your eyes to like how much people want to be cool though <laughs> like people don't want this accolades they want to look like they had the accolades you know what i'm saying like i know people and this is real ish like with five thousand followers no subscribe like check but they're getting the bag like they're rich or they're getting a lot more money than people with 10 times the followers and a blue check so it comes to show you like what are you in this for are you in this to look like you made it or to you look like you're successful or to be low-key chilling with bread and to the other people, you look like you, you're just grinding. So that's, it kind of, yeah, and I read something on the internet when that happened, like, bro, like, Facebook or whatever, or Instagram made like 50 million, like a crazy amount of yeah. money, you know what I'm saying, from that. And I'm not, I'm not a hater either, but 
I look at some people's profiles who's verified with like 200 followers and it's like pictures of them and their dog and shit. <laughs> like pictures of them at their barbecue. Like they're not a public figure and they haven't done anything like of where... Because you get verified because like you did something and also because other people are making fake accounts because you're... Per- you know what I'm saying? Like I was getting fake accounts of me. You know what I'm saying? At one point. So it's like these people are... I don't know. Tim Buck 2 on like working at you know a regular job like nothing wrong with that with 200 followers whose pictures with his kids why are you like paying to look like you're did something? you know what i'm saying so it kind of just opened my eyes like what this world is and then with the social media like everyone kind of fiends for that dopamine rush of attention you know what i'm saying which you know that's the world we live in you know yeah. It makes no sense. Like, nah, low key, you said it. No sense. <laughs> nah, like like two hundred <laughs> followers to to pay for that shit. It makes zero sense. Like you and I both know that. Like you're just burning money for at that point. Like yeah. I get it if you're a content creator and you think it'll bring. Like you know, I hate to say it. I mean, you probably hate to say it, but like you see the blue check, you're like, all right, let me check them out. Yeah, but you can tell which ones bought it. Exactly. That's the weird thing is like you buy it, but everyone knows who bought her, who didn't buy it. It's like, you know, people who, people who buy followers, you can tell. Cause it's like, I think there's a stat of like, you should have like 10% engagement of your like following into like likes or whatever it is. Right. So if you've got a hundred thousand followers and you've got no comments on your shit, was that's little red flags? Flag. Yeah, you feel me. <laughs> nah. I mean, there are artists I've interviewed that I know for a fact that have fake followers. Yeah, I know. I saw my content on their page blow up, but none of it was real. Wow. I could, I could tell, like in terms of likes, it was, it was just inflated. In terms of comments, it was inflated and it was just trash comments. And you can look through the comments, you can see it's the same type of comment. It's like love hearts, and it's uh, like it's the all boss, that. But they're yeah. paying for it. Yeah. It's just, it's like, yo, the social media landscape has made people lose their minds a little bit. Like, it's it's like the kid in high school that wants to be popular, right? And does all the, like, follows the trends, you know, buys the Ed Hardy shirt, even though they know it's corny, you know what I'm saying? Or, like, buys the Jordans, even though they like Vans, you feel me? Like, following what's popping at the time to look a certain way to be accepted and to be like, you know what I mean? And when it comes to buying followers... Bruh, and this is real to anybody listening. If you gotta pay like a hundred bucks to buy followers, you got a better chance taking out hundred dollars, throwing it into a couple of ads, getting maybe who knows, twenty, thirty real followers who might actually convert into real dollars than looking like you got a hundred people who mess with you. you know what I'm saying? So if you're gonna spend money to look lit, rather spend money into some organic real promotion and get you might not get as much as you want. But at least you got something that's real, tangible. You yeah. Know what I, mean? I mean, the weird thing is when you pay for stuff like TikTok for like Instagram and YouTube, yeah. they know that you're going to pay. So that's the other weird thing of like they start withholding likes because they know that you're going to bump it again. So you become one of those customers. I feel like, you know, Tinder does the same shit. I, they, they know. So once they get you to pay, then they know, all right, this account is someone who's willing to pay. So yeah. all I got to do is I got to withhold yeah. and then all the time. Yeah, that was really weird. I don't know why that stopped recording. Yeah. What were we talking about? Social media, right? Social oh, yeah. media, yeah. Yeah. Tell well, my... Go ahead. I was going to ask you actually, how do you deal with fake followers? Oh, man. Like, as in not fake followers, fake accounts. Because you said that you had fake accounts pretending oh, to be you. yeah. So like, number one, how did you find out? And number two, what do you do about it? Because it's like... 
it's almost you can't control that stuff. Yeah, so that started happening like a year or two ago where I saw two fake accounts, like Josh Alias. I thought they were trying to be fan pages because there's a couple fan pages, but usually they'll be fan pages. They'll like stop posting me or whatever because they have lives and shit and then they'll fall <laughs> off. So it'll be like, there's a couple on the internet somewhere, but then the, those fake pages like Josh Alias's page. And this was before I got the, like verified and stuff and it was whack. So they, they follow me though. Like they followed me. That's how I was like notified about it. You know what I'm saying? And I saw it and I like, First, I was like, damn, I guess I'm doing something right. Like, this is like, <laughs> this it was kind of like a moment for me. I was like, damn, like, people, like, I was getting a little buzz, but I was like, oh, snap, people are making fake profiles. And then I also heard, maybe I shouldn't say this, but on, like, a dating app, <laughs> someone used my pictures on a dating app, <laughs> uh, like, stole my pictures, and it was, like, catfishing people, like, acting like, whatever. It was corny. And I was like bruh this is wild so how i deal with it i dm them i'm a type of dude like i don't got even if i become a million followers tomorrow i don't got no media training i'm gonna keep it josh alias 100 percent. even if i'm famous <laughs> if i'm in the grammys i'm gonna keep it me bro so i i talked to them i left a voice note i'm like bro you're wilding out you know what i'm saying like i'm gonna find you <laughs> like i really was pressing him because it was just corny bro it's like he wasn't doing it in a loving manner these people they were doing it like either trying to and i know people scam like that right so they might be like yo i'll give you a josh alias feature i'm actually josh alias i'm building on my instagram right now it got hacked but I, you know i also get streams and views yeah. so it's not like you know what i mean so they'll be like oh he gets some views i'll get some looks they might charge 500 scam someone you never yeah. know I, I know it's happened to my friends so um i just messaged them and they ended up fanning out and they apologized, and they deleted the account. Yeah. So sometimes it helps to just be honest like that and just keep it real. Um, I think they're just really like fans who just got a little weird. <laughs> so me actually talking to them on the one-on-one like a man, like, yo, bro, I'm just a dude. Like, I'm on the up and up. Like, I'm not a celebrity. Like, I'm just a human. This is kind yeah. of messing up my business. And they're like, yo, my bad. I didn't know. And they deleted it. You know what I mean? So I got lucky. but um, It's weird that they didn't know. You know yeah. what I mean? Like... Yeah, no, you mean like that it wouldn't affect me? Yeah, yo, because at the end of the day, I I talk to all my fans. I interact, you know. I got a lot of DMs. I got, like, group chats in my, like, with my fans. I got, like, fan group chats that I talk to. Like, I, I'm really connected with them. No matter how big or small of an artist you are, I'm not, like, Eminem or Nas big, right? But to the listener, you are, though. They really listen to your music every day on the train, on the bus, like going through a hard time, a breakup. You know what I'm saying? Their viewpoint on who you are is equivalent to how people look at Drake's and all of that. And it took me time to realize that because I don't look at myself in any ways like that light. But some of these fans, I've met with fans in person too, which people like, is not, probably not the coolest thing to say because that's like a safety issue. But I can hold my own, but you know what I mean? What they going to do? But regardless, <laughs> I've like fans that flew down, hung out with me. Like I've gone to drink with them, played like, you know what I'm saying? Chopped it up in real life. Some of them are weird though. And it's not because they mean to be weird. It's because like, whether we like to believe it or not, like me, Kay, like other artists too, we're like people's idols. So yeah, um, they're fans. Yeah. And, and some fans don't know like the boundaries you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't look at you as, like, a dude. They look at you yeah. as, like, someone, I don't know. That's, like, the weird thing, because hopefully you don't think I'm weird by the end of this, so. <laughs> no, <Nah>, man. <laughs> nah. I, if I, I can't even tell you some of the fan stories on this, but I'll tell you later. You are nowhere. You're a real dude, yeah. bro. Everybody, follow my boy. You know what I'm saying? But nah, nah. Nah, you're, you're a real 
person, trust me, a weird fan is the ones who be like, <laughs> like asking for like uh, like um an autograph out of nowhere, like while you're just like eating food with them or something, or asking like a very personal question. But, like, Do you know the weird thing? You know that they've had that on their mind yes. the whole night. Like you know that they came in and they were like, "I I want to get Josh Elias's autograph. I don't know how to broach it." And yeah. so they're waiting for a pause. They're like <laughs> waiting for this awkward moment where they're like, "Oh, we're not doing anything. I can just ask him for a, yeah. for an autograph." And like, you know that that's just the weird thing. It's been in their head the whole fucking time. Yeah, I know. And it's just like I see it. I'm, I'm very intuitive, so I read it too. So it's just like. You know, I'm just like, damn, bro, you could have just kept it cool. There was like <laughs> the weird moment. It's not a weird moment because it's very humbling. A lot of people quote our lyrics to us, but we have a lot of music. Josh Alias alone has mad music. Then Urban Architects has like a million music out. There's like fans, like me and Kay also have met with them. I'm not going to say their name because they're cool and shit. But like, and this happened on my personal experience too. They would like quote like a specific song like from four years ago and like the third stanza and like a specific bar. Like, where were you when you wrote? this bar i don't even remember that i said that because it's been so long you know what i mean so like it's kind of like damn y'all really be analyzing it <laughs> but it's humbling at the yeah. end of the day don't get it wrong i'm extremely blessed and i love that moment but it's just like damn like i don't think that deep into it when i write it you know i just spit i guess and also you don't remember like a people i mean if people ask me like hey do you remember having this conversation with josh alias the first time i'm like I I remember the points. I don't remember the words I actually said, but exactly. like I remember the interview. Yeah. So it's like I feel like you know, in a weird way, the fans care more about your music than you do. In the in the strangest way, because like to them it's everything, and to you it's everything, but in a different way. You're like, once you release it, you're like, okay, that's done. What can I do next? But for the fans, it's like, oh, that shit was amazing. They could listen to that song or that project for the rest of their life. Like, yeah. whereas as, like, the person making the music, you're probably not listening to that music again. Like, I'm not listening to my podcasts again. Yeah. But there are people who could be just following the whole journey the whole way through, and they're like, Josh, like, that project you dropped three years ago is the best project ever, man. It changed my life. And all of a sudden, you're like, thank you. But yeah. like I don't really remember, dude. That's so real. That's I couldn't have said it better. That's 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 happened to me a couple times. Actually, it's happened a lot of times. I'm not gonna lie. Where people mention like my first album or a specific song that like as artists we make and then we move on. You know what I mean? Like I don't like to hold on to something too long, so I'll drop it and I don't want to listen to it all the time, so I let go. But then people bring it up. I'm like, damn, like that's the influence and impact it had on other people, like is much more lasting than the effort it took to, for me to make the art. So, like, art is really timeless, you feel me? And, like, that's why I don't take art for granted. And that's why I, sometimes I come off too serious in music or my art in general is because I know this shit is forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I might say something I'm feeling that day. It might touch somebody's heart and change their perspective 20 years later. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, let me ask you this. I've thought about this because, like, you know, we see artifacts and we see things being dug up from thousands of years ago and we're putting all our music on the internet, right? Yeah. But what if the internet goes down? You know what I mean? Like, does that mean all that shit is lost forever? And if it is, then it's like, oh, I got to put shit on wax. I got to put <laughs> shit on CDs. Yeah. Cause you know what Thanks. I mean? Like if a meteor hit tomorrow, yeah. the internet's gone. Down. 
Like, where does where is that all kept? Damn, y'all better have downloaded it. <laughs> y'all better have got the bank kept. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm really serious though. Y'all should download the music. This is more. This is a plug on why y'all gotta purchase the music from the artist. For real. Like, first off, I'm not gonna go on a tangent, but first off, y'all don't even know how much money it takes to make the art that comes to your face that you stream for 0.01 pennies to begin with. I might the amount of money I might have spent on one song would probably take me. 30,000 streams to make back or something. You know what I'm saying? So do you know how much it costs you to make on average throughout your time a song? Bro, if I added every single dollar I spent making music over the four or five years, I probably like could have had like a night, like put a more than a down payment on a crib. Like for real. Think of like their studio sessions go from like 30 to like a hundred bucks an hour. Right. Then you got to go mixing. Then you got to do the video. Then you got to do promo. Then you got to buy the beat keep on going that's a lot of money and i was going to the studio two three times a week at one point you know what i'm saying we were going three times a week for years you know what i'm saying not even releasing all of it but getting our chops up too um so a lot of money let's just say on average a humble average like 150 on a song probably on the on the low end you know what i'm saying so yeah yeah 150 200 bucks probably so let me ask you how do you continue to justify it oh because he is like the weird thing is everybody else goes to work and they've got a guarantee of money coming through the door. Like you're like, Hey, I got a paycheck so I can justify the time, the effort because there's no risk. And then, but for you guys, you guys are putting money up front. You're putting time up front and then you don't know what the return will be. Mm. Like you could spend a thousand dollars plus on a song because you're doing promo, you're paying for ads, you're paying for, the music video, you got to buy cameras, you got to buy better equipment, you're making your own merch, like all that stuff cost money up front. So yeah. at what point do you guys, or did you, either of you, did you think about at what point you were like, hey, this is enough? Or was it just straight up, I'm just going to keep going until I make this work? Man, that was a good question. I'm, and what I think it was, when we first made the first album, we put a pretty penny in our mutual understandings. So this was before my solo career. We spent a lot of money. We went to top, like Eminem's engineer, like Biggie recorded a big dude, Chris Conway. Big shout out. You know what I'm saying? That's a bro. But we went to him, spent a lot of money, released it, put thousands of dollars in the promo, and then the money started coming back to us, though. So I think that, like, initial, like, fan base, we started getting fans. We, like, hit a million streams on a couple of the songs. One of the songs, like, is stupid viral, like 10 million streams or something. So we started getting money every month for music enough money where we could start paying for studio sessions with the money we were making. So then we were just lit because we were paying for sessions. You know what I'm saying? We used to pay out of our pocket. I was working three jobs. He was working three jobs. We was paying for those initial sessions out of pocket. You feel me? To having to do what we love multiple times a week at good studios for free was a win to us. You know what I'm saying? So that really, because regardless, and also like there's amazing heartfelt messages, bro. People have wrote college essays about our music. People have gotten us tattooed on us. Like there's really like some people have flown down from Germany to chill with us. Like real like crazy stuff that we don't talk about has happened to remind us that we've touched lives. You know what I'm saying? So if it's worked on a smaller scale, what makes us believe it can't work on a larger scale? You feel me? And at the end of the day, like if no one cared and no one listened to the music, you know what I'm saying? I'd still do this. The bros would still do this. We'd still be making art because that's how we were built. That's how God made us. We were creatives. We couldn't stop that if we tried. So we would do this without the bread anyway. But the fact that music is paying for things, like even this whole merch setup, like 
we got it because we were selling mad merch. You feel me? Like, so eventually the hard work converted to fans, the fans converted to dollars and supporters. And yeah, we might not be freaking on the billboards yet, but on a small level, on what we've been able to do, it was like pretty inspiring for us to keep on going. So it just, just that was a long answer to say it's because of the fans, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they justify it all, man. It wasn't for y'all, we wouldn't do it. Yeah, but really, that's the yeah. I just said all that soap, like like soap opera, like deep ass shit to really say it's the fans, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean three jobs though. Yeah, oh, that like, was a hard time. Like I mean, one job is hard enough. I mean and then to manage it but how did y'all i mean you both had three jobs so like how did y'all because i mean i always look at it and i'm like the energy that you lose from working three jobs one job let and, alone, college, full and time. college full time <laughs> and then making music and then to still make the quality of music that you want to make like you have no downtime like yeah. i don't even know how you guys just ate food between <laughs> three yeah. jobs college making music, releasing music, promoing music, like, it where's the balance? Was it was it that time of your life where it was like, fuck this, no balance, we're just going all in on everything? I think we were like, yeah, we were so young. <laughs> oh, so you I, can jump closer if you yeah, want to yeah, the yeah. mic. I'm, I'm good over here. Yeah, you get to. <laughs> it's Young K, by the way, talking, but. We was just, we had a lot of passion, right? And your heart is like the, 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 battery like your heart will power your mind it'll help power your willpower so when you really love something you find a way to do what you got to do to like to do it you prioritize so like, it you prioritize it yeah like your your energy is like so you're working you're at work but you like in your head you're working but you like thinking of bars yeah you stopping to write shit down <laughs> for like, real yeah like you getting like you you're like building up making the sacrifice so that you got the resources to do what you gotta do yeah yeah i mean like, you just you just keep yeah. on trucking you but know also I mean? like i'm not gonna lie though uh as time went by like i realized i had to start using my time more wisely too because it does catch up to you facts like you can't like you gotta it's like a everything happens in like seasons like you you could do it you gotta do that to get the base and then you gotta close a little expand because you gotta step away from the shit a little bit to like you gotta live life experience too to come back with more content. If you just start pumping it out methodically, mechanically, you kind of lose the the artistry. So yeah. like, it's like yin yang type shit, you the know? Balance, the, as yeah. they say, mutual understandings. That's why the album was named Mutual <laughs> Understandings. <laughs> it's because we found a mutual understanding. We were tired of this shit, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. But nah, it's really, that we all motivated each other. We knew we were talented, you know what I'm saying? Because How? we just believed. How did you know? Ooh. That's a great, and this is not gonna. I'm not trying to be cocky at all. I'm not gonna lie, but me and the homies, at least I can talk about myself first. But in the homies, I've just rapped since I was like in high school, and everybody raps in any type of urban environment. Everybody raps. That's there's a saying like everybody wrote a sixteen. You know what I'm saying? So whenever there was like a freestyle cipher or anything, everyone would rap, and I'm not gonna lie. And this is like the humblest way I could say it. The reactions I got compared to everybody around me was always like the biggest one. Like everyone else would rap and we were like fire. When they were like people would like be excited for me to go next. Yeah, word. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like you would like rap with this nigga and then like not like this nigga, the nigga start rapping like nah, this nigga. You feel? Like, yeah. <laughs> That I, shit was crazy. That's my bro. For yeah. real. It's and I hate to say it because I don't like to like talk to myself like that, but he's probably seen it too. Like there's moments where like 
I'm just here to rap, you feel me? But the, the energy was starting to change in yeah. ciphers when I would rap. Yeah, and right. and that was since a young age. And it became such a reoccurring theme that like I was like, oh, I, I got to have something going on here because everyone else is rapping, but they're the one asking me for my info at the end. You know what I mean? Um, so I just felt like God blessed me with that. And then with time, then we started, I just, that's kind of how I knew, you know what I'm saying? There wasn't, and also like, I always wanted to do it. I got a point where I got so confident in it. I would just be like, I'm a rapper. Like as a young, now I'm a little more like, I don't brag about that shit. It's kind of corny to walk around. I'm a rapper. You feel me? But when you were younger, like 17, 18, I would like introduce myself. I rap and I would want them to test me and tell me to freestyle or at a party just so I could prove myself. And every single time I was under those lights and pressure, I didn't fold. And like the reaction was always the same. Some crazy shit. You know what I'm saying? So it just like, you know, it's just like reminding me like maybe I'm I got a gift, you know what I mean? So but yeah, that's how it's, I it's how different I between you and I because I say I'm a podcaster and they're like, All right, talk to me. And yeah, it's it's oh, like, you know, you don't it's not the same thing. You can't really test a podcaster yeah. in the same way, whereas like you got you you got to like you got the chops yeah like in exactly. terms of like put it under pressure to be able to do it, whereas like, you know, no one knows if I'm good until they listen to to the episode and hopefully fingers crossed they listen to a good one. But like, I think that's an important part of like being very willing mm. to test yourself. I think Facts. that's the big difference between someone who's good and someone who's not is like, they're only good in very specific scenarios. They're like, Hey, I only got bars when I'm at home by myself. I only got bars when there's no one watching or I only got <laughs> shots at all y'all rappers, Yo. bro. Shot. You just spit in facts. Oh my God. You Yo. said what I want to been saying. That's yeah. so many. Uh, oh man. That's 80% of rappers. I feel yeah. like it's like only, I'm not even trying to go like hard right now, but I got to say it how it is. Cause you just sparked it. Oh, yeah. It's like, y'all can only rap when all the freaking stars are in alignment. You feel me? I can't sing unless I got auto tune. You know what I'm saying? I can't rap unless I like the beat. I can't rap unless I rehearse. I can't rap unless I write it. Like, there's so many factors. If you're really a rapper or you're an artist, you're good under any element. You might not be the best in every element because you got some elements you're better than, but you're not going to say no because it's not fitting you or, oh, the beat, you know what I'm saying? The beat doesn't have the vote. Like, right. nah, bro. Because what if, like, what if what happens if you in a scenario where you're in a situation where somebody who's a potential, like, you know, you could change your life you or something. Potentially, you know, help help you your career. And you gotta you, you gotta show them what's up. Like, yeah. You know, like, oh, man. Like, when those cameras are on, yeah, you can't fold. Yeah. Well, I I I remember speaking to I think his name was CJ. He's he oh. became uh Christian. Oh, Sorry. that's my bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have songs together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I spoke oh, to CJ. That's my boy. I think I spoke to him really early. Like he and he was on his like God shit and like mm -hmm. really religious, not really my thing, but I, it was fun to talk to him. Yeah, but he was saying, but he was saying when he went to Sway, that like that there was like three dudes who had to do a freestyle. Yeah, and one of the dudes fucked it up, Ooh. and he and I think who's Sway's co-host? I forget her name. Uh, I know she's she's Bun B's wife. I think I know exactly who she is. Yeah, I so yeah. My name. so she said to that guy, she was like. You didn't prepare. Ooh. Like you were given a shot, you just didn't prepare enough. Yeah. And like that's that's a perfect example of like you're told to come on this show, prepare a freestyle. Yeah. You got one shot. Well, everyone's listening. And if you fuck it up, everyone's gonna be like That's what I'm saying. I'm not gonna come back. Right. 
and tell you to prepare. That's the thing. Like, you should always have uh, some bars memorized. Like, yeah. Just have some bars. Like, or be nice at freestyling. Have something that sounds good over nothing. Like, exactly. you know, I just do something that sounds good a cappella, and then whatever beat you spit it on is going to be fire. Facts. Like, that's it. Memorize something. That's it. And I think that's crazy because if I I could never live that down if that happened to me. And like the fear of the worst happening, you know, helps you get in preparation, like the best preparation you've ever gotten in. Because there's nothing worse. I tell this all the time. There's nothing worse than regret. You know what I'm saying? Regret is a killer. You feel me? And like if you're really trying to live this life as a musician or artist or whatever you're doing, a podcaster, artist, whatever you do, you got to live that all the way. You can't live it 50%. Cause then don't come up to me introducing yourself. Cause what if I'm you tell me you a rapper? I'm like bet rap right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm actually CEO of freaking Capital Records. <laughs> and he, open architects. It's like yeah, I am. You I feel am. me? Yeah. Yeah. And he'd be like, oh, one second. Uh, I'm bringing out my cell phone. I got some bars, bro. Nah, man. You already getting. You know what I'm saying? Like I live my life that everyone is like, I don't know, like that I might see Nas in the freaking chicken spot. And I'm going to go up to him like, I spit and my phone is dead. And I can't show my music. And I'm going to spit some fire. Yo, That's how I Y'all know Tiara Wack? That yeah. female rapper? Yo, you know how she blew up, bro? How'd she, she blow up? She was with her moms. They were driving. They seen some dudes on the corner. Like, a, a you know, a group of dudes. Yeah. Like some street dudes, probably. And they, they was like, they was recording. They were spitting. And her moms knew she wanted to rap. So her mom's like, yo, go hop out and go freestyle with those dudes right there. Yeah. She she hopped out, she ran up there, she started spitting and like the OG OG dude started fucking with her and they started recording her and then she blew up and she went Boom. viral on Twitter or whatever. Just like that. And then she but she and then she But yeah, like it's crazy. Like you just gotta be able to You gotta live it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. take that chance. Well the the only thing that I can think about of like to equate it to someone who doesn't make music is like going for a job interview. Mm-hmm. Like you're at the final stage. You got one shot. You got to present. Like you know, you got that. What you got a board of people. You got like four people interviewing you, and you got to come. You got one opportunity to get that job, and you got to make sure that you nail it. And it's like that's make or break. That's the moment where reputation is built. Is like yeah, off that. Yeah, like because right. how many people fuck that shit up? It's yeah. so easy. The pressure gets to you. Yeah. You you start the self sabotage. Yeah, one shot, one, one opportunity shot, yeah. to lose anything yeah. you ever wanted. Nah, but it's that, a self sabotage. That's what it is. It's not. It's not that they can't do it. Yeah. It's like you start to have this thing of like, oh shit, what if I get it? Yeah. What if my dreams come true? Then I'll get found out. It's the like imposter syndrome happens all the time. Yeah. I feel like that's just like humans curse in the weirdest yeah. ways. You doubt yourself, and then you don't let yourself reach your potential. That's a fact. I I used to tell myself. The fear of the worst happening, uh, the the fear of the worst happening prevents the possibility of the best happening. You know what I'm saying? So it's like if you're always fearing the end of the result being negative, you're not really giving yourself a chance for the best outcome either. So it's like the way I approach those type of big moments, because I get anxiety like everybody else, is that one, prepare myself but also like self affirmations, reminding myself like I do this. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody, I, you could take away anything from me. You can't take away this. This is God given. You know what I'm saying? And like 
the more I remind myself, sometimes you got to look in the mirror and tell yourself you're the shit. You feel me? Like, I don't <laughs> care what people say. Sometimes you got to tell yourself and go against your brain and say, I'm lit. I'm dope at X, Y, Z. And then when those moments come, it's like a switch. You just go on your element. You know what I'm saying? It's like those, you see basketball players playing every weekend, whatever. But that's scary. You know what I'm saying? You're not being watched by 50 people. You're being watched by millions. You mess up a shot. You're getting clowned. You feel me? Like you have a bad performance. But guess what? When the lights turn on, those cameras, you can see who really got it inside. It's when they switch. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's how I tell myself, like, sometimes I'm scared before a show. And then we kill the show. And I'll be like, after the show, I'll be like, what was I even scared of? I do this. Me and my bros really rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, we really was born for this. And the more you just kind of prepare yourself and remind yourself you're good, the less chance you have of messing up. You know what I'm saying? Nowadays, every time I get worried about, like, an opportunity, I just tell myself, I'm not going to mess up. Why am I even scared about this? That's impossible. I do this. You know what I'm saying? As as cocky as it might sound, you got to be cocky sometimes. Maybe not to the, the general public, but to yourself. You know what I mean? Like, in your heart. Like, you know, that confidence. I agree with you. I yeah, agree bro. with you, man. Like, you have to be. And like you said, the basketball situation. But, yeah. like, you also got to be willing to take the shot. We spitting bars right yeah. now. My guy's spitting <laughs> bars. You feel me? Nah. <laughs> On the accident now. You're right, though, bro. You got We don't take this shit. You miss. What's the, We dropping gems. What's the other one? You miss every shot you don't take. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You like that girl, y'all? Y'all better slide in those DMs. You feel me? You see on the street? You better shoot your shot. You might you yeah. never know. You know what I'm saying? So. And, and how many times did those players fuck up? Like, that's the other thing is, like, you're not going to kill it every time. But you got to put yourself in a position to maybe kill it. And then when you start killing it, it becomes a habit. Yeah. It's like, you just got to show yourself you can do it once. Yeah. It's like, and then it's like losing becomes a habit. That's what they say is like, they're both like, and you start to see it. And that's why there's this book that I love. It's uh, Jordan Peterson. It's like 10 rules to life or something like that. And rule number one is stand up straight. Because, because it's like, you stand up straight. And all of a sudden, exactly. And it forms everybody else about how you feel. So like you walk down the street, they're like, fuck that motherfucker. He's confident. You're slouching. And all of a sudden it's defeated mindset. You start looking down. That's what losers look like. Wow. That's crazy. Or your your head's down. You know what I mean? Or like, you're right. Because when I'm in like some serious situations in my life, like not just music wise, like, like, threatening situations i'll walk extra confident through it and i and i, I move smoothly uh, sometimes you can't fold because people saying like they and energies or whatever they prey on like that weakness, weakness. And, and that yeah. submissiveness so if you really want to like i think the best chance of life you have to like succeed is even if you're scared or fearful or anxious that that you tap into something to make you like do things like that get your body posture like get your breathing right get your mind right and before you know it you're going to be like, what was I even scared about? You know what I'm saying? So, Well, I'm not going to lie. I was nervous catching the train oh, out here because, like, you know, first time in New York. Yeah. I don't know what to expect. Obviously, I'm confident in, like, meeting you. But then I'm, like, on the train. I don't know what the train's going to be like. You know, yeah. New York is known for having, uh, how do we say, <laughs> unpredictable passengers. So, on the F- <laughs> Did you take the F train? Yeah, I took you, the F train. Bro, took the F train for the first time. It I makes sense. No, I, I took it a few times okay. already on the trip, but like, you know, I've got my laptop, I've got all my shit with me, yeah. and I'm like, I actually care about what I have on me right yeah. now, and I'm like, sure. but but what helped me was like, it'll pass, and I've been doing something new this year where I write every day, 
where I just like, whatever, one thought a day, I just write. And so on the train here, I was writing about how I felt anxious today. It's not a feeling I usually have. But then as soon as I was writing it down, I let it out. Like the breathing helped and it was just like this meditative. It's like, and I was just like, it's just a feeling. Yeah. It's gonna pass like every other feeling. So yeah. They don't, they don't got yeah. trains in Melbourne? We do, but they're not like this. <laughs> I mean, we don't have the, the zombies walking around on the trains. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like I feel like that's like a unique New York. I knew coming in that I would see some wild stuff on the trains. Um <laughs> I think <laughs> I think those lonely train rides like prepare you for the worst of life. <laughs> you yeah. feel me? Like you see enough on the train. If you become a commuter in New York, any age, you're gonna see enough stuff where you're ready for anything. I could live anywhere, in my opinion. Yeah, just you know always keep your guard up. Just, just always keep your guard up. Yeah. See, that's what I heard. Keep your guard up. And so yeah. that's what it was. It was like I gotta keep my guard up. And then all of a sudden I'm but like overthinking it. Don't prevent that from being like, you know, Respectful and compassionate. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of us have tough exteriors, but we actually like. Cool dudes. Cool, but maybe a little rude sometimes, but also not. Intentionally. Yeah. There's like a New York thing. Like, you can be nice without being like kind. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's some real ish. That's some New York shit. Yeah. Like in New York, like I think it's like nobody might look at you, and if you stare at someone too long, even if someone's staring at me too long, I'll get a little upset. I can't control it. It's like in my system. I, and I'm a nice dude for the most part. So, but like what happens is with time, you like, you you start to catch yourself in that. And then people like, you don't want to be like unapproachable either. Right. But there's a balance because you show in New York, you show too much kindness. People might take advantage. You might get pickpocketed. You never know what might, might happen. So it's really finding like that balance. But I do think even though we come off as rude, like if something was to happen, New York is a jumping in. You know what I'm saying? Like, like for real. Like we we come together though. You feel me? Like New Yorkers, like there is like division and like like everyone doggy dog. But if something's happening in the midst, you'll see unity really quick when like shit hits the fan. If that makes sense, you know. Yeah, I mean, I always play my Aussie card. To be honest, they hear my voice and I drop that I'm Australian, and they're like, it's like they're at the zoo. They probably so, like you though. They, oh, probably, they love the they, Aussie accent. Yeah, they're probably feeling you out here. The girls out here probably feeling you, bro. They're, honestly, it's like they're at the zoo. The, the type of questions that <laughs> they're asking me is like, is literally like, I heard of you, but I never seen one for real. Yo, this is crazy, <laughs> <laughs> bro. My, yeah, bro. You, you, the New York girls probably love you out here, bro. Hearing well, that I told you I went to Buffalo the the Bills game yesterday, yeah. and like I met a couple of girls, and they're like asking me questions about like you know do you have lots of spiders like kangaroos it was it was literally like, uh, like they've never yeah they were like <laughs> literally Same like, like I, i've heard of you before but i'd never seen one of you before yeah especially i was decked out in bill's shit um yeah. and they were just so confused so so it, it's so funny to me though that's so crazy bro that's so funny new york like because when i go to a place outside of new york I don't even notice I talk like with an accent. I don't think you do either. But when we we go on like shows, we went to Florida and shit. We went a couple places. They know we knew from New York immediately. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that. And I, sometimes I be trying to like talk a little like <laughs> <laughs> try to change that. How are you doing? I'm doing very great. Yeah, you know I, mean? I try my like. That best does to, not sound it, like yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> yo, I'll be cold switching to be like fitting in uh, to see if I could get by, and they still be like, "Where are you from?" I'll be damn, bro. Like. It's just so noticeable. Like, same way, like, 
to me, it's not noticeable. And to you, everyone probably speaks like that word from where you're from. But like, yeah. when you leave, it's like, it's so noticeable. It's wild. It's noticeable when people say it back to me. Oh, so shit. like they try to impersonate my accent. And I don't realize how strong it is, but it's pretty soft in like the whole landscape of Australia. Yeah. It's pretty like, it's not Bogany. Bogan is our redneck. It's not redneck Aussie. Oh, okay, um, it's like city Australian. Whereas like, if you if the the rednecks are like, hey, how's it going? How's it going, mate? That's like the stronger accent, and but even they say like, what trips them up the most is like words like water, water, and they're like water, and I'm like, yeah. and I'm like uh, water. Oh, I have shit. to say water, otherwise they're like, I've got no idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Yo, what is it with the word water? Because every time I say water, like they people are like, you're from New York, and like water how do you say water but when i think about it i'll say it right because i'm aware that yeah. people are me off the way i say it but new yorkers say water weird water 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 like like water you said it interesting too yeah water yeah you feel me? water kind of the same kind of the yeah, same, kind of the same. Water. Yeah. water yeah Maybe we're more alike than we think. Yeah, right? <laughs> Have you said year yet? Year? No. Yo, give it a shot for the one time. On the, the, on year? The th- ah, let's get it. <laughs> Bro, was that your first year? Yeah, it's my first year. Wow. That yeah. was pretty impressive. Not bad. Do you know what? I said once, driving with my friends, I said, um, oh, that's Cap. I tried oh, to throw yeah, it in the conversation and they were like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> you never say that again. They're like, you tried to slide it in, but they, were, they looked at me like, what the fuck? That's crazy. Because that's cap is such a common term. Yeah. It's almost like, I don't even notice. It's not like um, like the worldly like term, like cap. Yeah, it's not. You know what I mean? It's not. Which is crazy. Slang changes a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, they wasn't on, they wasn't peeping the sauce, bro. They wasn't on your shit. You know what I mean? They was just hating. But before you know it, if you were here for a couple more weeks, you would be saying a little, you know, yeah. it would come out. But yeah, slang changes so dramatically. Like even in my life, I've seen so many different slangs. And there's some new slang I just refuse to accept. Like they're getting weird now. You know what I mean? Like people be like, I'm not even going to say some of them. But like, they're like you my you my heart. Like the guys be telling each other, like, you heard that? Bro, like dudes, they'd be like, that's my heart right there. Talking about their bro, like he's mad close to me. You heard that? Like, there's so many. <laughs> Your face. Yo, his face is crazy. <laughs> Your face was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's cool if that's what you like, bro. But it's, that's like new slang. Like, slang in New York specifically, I feel like changes every, like, I don't know, season. Like, it changes, like, I don't know, like, sports. Like, every season there's a new slang. And I don't really follow it. I just, I forget I talk slang. It's just like how the people I'm around, we talk like this. It's just New York. You take the bus, you take the train, you hear people talking, you just start to accept it. And then, but now I feel like people be trying hard with the slang. You know what I'm saying? Well, let me ask you, how does the slang influence your songs? Because obviously Ooh. you can't really, like it's, as you said, you just kind of hear it and it becomes part of your vocabulary. But have you noticed new slang become part of your, like rhyming and part of your rhyme schemes? Yeah, that's crazy. You know what's funny? When I first started rapping, I was hiding it from everybody. No one, like, hiding it from my family. Like, 
everybody and the I, slang or the, no the actual music the, the music yeah. so i was always like because i was talking about some real life stuff i went through that no one knew and like my hardships you know like it was like a diary like that's how i approached music so i didn't want everybody to know that i wanted it to it was more comfortable let, letting it out to like people i didn't know than people i knew so i used to write my music i always spoke slang a little bit but like i would definitely exaggerate sometimes when i wrote bars in the beginning almost to like hide certain things i was talking about in code that's crazy i've never said that maybe i shouldn't have said it but i it was like code you know what i mean so if you were really tapped into that like lifestyle or like and you understood certain things I was saying, it would make sense to you, and you'd be like, damn. But if you weren't, like if you were my mom or something, and you were hearing that, you're going to be in Urban Dictionary for two hours <laughs> trying to decode five bars. You know what I'm saying? So I used to write stuff, like, I always, like, little extra with it. Um, but as time progressed, I couldn't hide my music anymore. You know, my family is, like, fans of my music. They got, like, fake Instagrams watching my stuff. <laughs> they, they be playing me at barbecues, no cap. It's like, so I've accepted it, because this is really who I am, and like it is what it is now so now i don't really do it as much but regardless slang i'm definitely doing multi-syllabic rhyme schemes with slang for sure without thinking about it yeah. until right now but damn yeah it's true well it made me think like it would be really cool for you to do a project with like all these hidden meanings like all the way through the whole project and it's like i, I don't know what you'd call it but you could it could be like a project where like you get the music but then only certain fans also get the double meanings in there and you have like this hidden i don't know i feel like there's there's something there there's that something you could there do. if you were already doing it there's something there for you to be able to do again yeah. and like specifically go for it yeah no that's actually mad smart but like i feel like they're just not gonna understand this because a lot of our fans are overseas too even what we are the music we have now i'd be like how do they understand some of this stuff some of, they really don't like some fans really we for i i forget they really don't understand what we're saying sometimes. Yeah. They just like a couple of the like sound. the sound yeah. and how we rhyme the words and the flows. Some of them have no idea what like we're we're repping like our city, our LIE, we're talking about trains, we're talking about child, like food, we be eating, we talk about everything around us and we talk how we talk in our groups, our friendships. So it's like it sounds good because we're good at rapping, but like really sometimes like, yo, do you really know what I meant there? You know, or you just think it sounds good. But then yeah. you could do like a 10 tracks. And then you do another 10 videos explaining the tracks. Like you could create a whole like expose of like, it's like a year of content of like, hey, we're dropping this. Here's my double meaning. Who can pick it? And here's me pointing out all the double meanings. Did you get them? And let me know if you got the double meanings. Let me know if you didn't get them. And like, I know you could do some like cool shit like that. You're about to change like, the game. About to change the game yeah. with, with the freaking, what's that movie called? National treasure bars, you know what I'm saying? You gotta go yeah. through the maps to find yeah. out what we yes. You might have gone through ten songs just for to understand I said you're a lame, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you might have to go through fifty bars just for me to be like, I'm nice at rapping, but hey. And you whatever. could do like you could do like even a song trying to explain the game. Like there's a song by um oh, what's his name? He's worked with like Royce to Five Nine. I feel like I know Elza. 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 I love Elza. Shout so out to Elza. Elza has a song, and it's like a game where he's got a song, and he's literally like, "All right, I'm gonna tell you this is how the game is played, yeah. and you got to pick the word that he's about to finish the rhyme with." Yeah. So he's like, he spits his lines, and then he's like, "Pause." You try to guess it, and then he tells you what he was gonna say. It's oh such a good song. That's I forget crazy. what it's called, but it is amazing it is honestly one of the best songs i've ever heard just conceptually 
unbelievable, but I feel like all those dudes, like they just show you could do anything with the song. Like it's literally as far as your pen can go and as far as your imagination can go. Which I love. So there's no reason why you couldn't do like a, an album that's a game, essentially. Yeah. And you do it for you, like you just get to do all your funny shit and like do all yeah. the double meanings, have fun with it, and then the audience gets to gets to play along and you just reveal it at the end. I love that. That's a great idea. Cause I, one of the things I love about music is like when people will like show love to one of our songs and then say a bar that like we said you like that to, meant something to us and they didn't pick it up on the first listen. The fifth listen, they're like, yo, I just heard that bar. Even me and Kay, sometimes I'll be playing unreleased stuff and he'll be like it won't, he'll hear it like three times, like, damn. Like, he just peeped, he'll peep the bar. <laughs> Same with him. I'll, like, there's a couple songs of him I've heard for four years. And on the fourth year of listening to him, I'm like, yo, did you just say this? Is this what you meant? He's like, yeah. I'm like, yo, you know what I'm saying? So, like, that's one of my favorite parts of rap is, like, dropping, like, subtle gems that mean something to you that doesn't always hit, like, other people immediately. It's really delivery. And sometimes it might just go over their head because you said it so smooth. And then years later, they hear it and it hits in such a harder way. You know, I really, I really like, like that type of stuff. You know, it's just like, it's like, it's like a puzzle. That's why yeah. rap is so dope. It's like a, it's like a freaking crazy puzzle. And like, you might not get every single thing said if you didn't like, but you can like feel it. You might not be able to relate, but if you get in certain situations, certain bars and sentences and metaphors start to make more sense. And it's like, phew, makes you like, well, appreciate let it. me ask you, how do you feel about people who just punch in? Because like, to me personally, and I'm just going to say my fan, like as a fan, this is my fan opinion that like it kind of takes away from the artistry in a way because it's like, Oh, you're just coming up. You're showing up on the day. Yeah. You're just saying a bunch of lines and then you're mixing and mastering it to sound good. And I'm like, I get it. Cause it yeah. sounds good, but it's not really rapping. Like it's not really like, I don't know what to call you anymore because you don't really rap. You just go in there and you say random shit until you find something and you make a song every single session. Are you talking about session. like freestyle takes? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's different. Yeah. Now that's, ah, it's hard to say because when it comes to just, if you're trying to make a song that's just you proving you can rap, rap, that's probably not the best unless you're like a crazy freestyle maniac, like one of the best ever, maybe. But even then, it kind of like, bro, if you're having a song that you're recording, spending money to mix, you better like, like write that down, bro. Like, you don't have to always freestyle it and do takes. Um, I but guess it was like Jay-Z. It was like, because Jay-Z oh, stopped. Jay. So Jay and Biggie, he didn't write rhymes. They, they just went in. But like, the quality of their music is undeniable. But then Lil Wayne said, as soon as he heard Jay d doesn't write, he stopped writing. <laughs> and then people heard Lil Wayne doesn't write, so then they don't write. But the yeah. people who aren't writing, they're not creating Lil Wayne songs. They're not that's creating Jay Z. That's, that's the difference. They're different breeds, though. Like you could do it if you Lil Wayne or Jay Z, but people don't. All right, so people don't see what was done behind the scenes for you to be able to freestyle like Jay Z or Lil Wayne, or to be like even me, like to be able to make songs in five ten minutes. They don't see like the be. Bro, they've been we've been doing it for years, you know what I'm saying? Like ten years, fifteen years of writing, not being able to do something to get the skill level to be able to do something. So there's people who have no, like no experience, like Lil Wayne, Jay Z. I'm sure they didn't come into game freestyling amazing hits. They probably were writing like all of yeah. us in the room with a notebook. Like every single person else, they just went harder <laughs> than yeah. all of us. You know what I'm saying? Than a lot of us. And then what happened is now they got a skill set where if they freestyle it, it's better than these dudes' written. 
because ours is undeniable. You know what I'm saying? You become a master at your craft, and they did that. But these other kids, they're not a master at their craft yet. You know what I mean? But they act like they are, and then they go and... Bro, you just look goofy in the studio. I'm not an engineer, but if I was an engineer, I'd be like, bro, you don't take this yourself serious. What makes you feel like I'm going to take this serious with the mixing? You know what I'm saying? Like, we've been in a lot of studios, and I think our relationships with engineers got better because they saw how serious we took this shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, It's like, hey, you were saying when you were working, the bars would come to you. Like, you you can't turn it off. And I get that of, like, you've done, you've been writing for long enough that you're always writing in your own head, and then that way you don't need to write. But what I have a problem with is, like, people who go into a studio, they say four words, and then they're like, and then they mumble some other shit, and then they put this word over here. It's like a Frankenstein project, and it sounds good at the end, but, like, at the end of the day, you're not a rapper at that point. Yeah. You, you're you're a musician and 100% it sounds dope it sounds amazing you're pushing the boundaries of like what music is you're basically just an artist yeah yeah you're an artist, artist. you're not an artist it doesn't is like not necessarily the same as a musician facts yeah yeah you're not a rapper you're even a rapper yeah, you know? yeah like you're just like you just you, you in it for the wrong reasons you feel me like I think you're not a rapper if the engineer got to save you. You know what I'm saying? If the engineer, and let's be honest. They got to save a lot of tracks. They saving most of these dudes out here. I mean, you know what I'm saying? like how many engineers are, un- are number one underpaid for the oh, work that crazy. they do and undercredited? Like, I mean, there are engineers who've come out and said, this was trash before I touched it. If you're not really in the music, like, or make music, and you haven't been and seen some of these engineers... People don't understand what engineers are really capable of doing with a voice. You know what I'm saying? They can make someone who sounds garbage sound amazing with the right plugins and tweaking. Like they can tweak every single set like millisecond to make you sound good if they want. And bruh, these engineers are saving people, like making hits. Then I think they're making the hits really cuz I their people are just freestyling this stuff. They're tweaking everything and makes it sound some frequencies boom, you know? And they're underappreciated, they're underpaid, they're not repped enough, they don't get the clout that they deserve like producers or rappers do. And producers don't even get it that good either, you know what I mean? So, yeah, engineers, shout out to the good engineers out here. I appreciate y'all. Do you ever think they'd go on strike like the writers went on strike in Hollywood? Damn, I don't think they will because... Well, could they? Because they don't have like a writer's union or anything like that. Like they don't, like it's weird, music music and and making tv shows and movies they're like similar but very opposite where it's like it feels like musicians are all like you're all out for your own there's no like you don't join a coalition of like all the all the studio engineers it's just like you're doing your own thing whereas writers they're all part of the the writers guild facts man that's a great question i I, the reason i think they won't because i think most engineers are like freelance at this point yeah the ones who could do that are the ones who like big labels hire because labels have like studios and engineers on payroll too. Um, but even then, they don't have like a millions of them. They probably have like five, six good ones working 40 hours a week or 50, 60 hours a week on payroll and like a yearly salary, right? They could go on strike, but then there's those five people go on strike, 10 people, 20 people go on strike. There's a million other engineers who are fiending to get a yearly salary who are going to jump on and accept the like L's of like that comes with it. So I think like engineers like and everyone else who's really good, they're independent and they're like just trying to make bread and pay for their studio. You know what I'm saying? 
So, it, it, yeah, they could go on strike and we would be kind of screwed. But now, we're like, people are making bangers on their cell phone, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, Band Lab. Like, this is rapper. I don't know his name. I forgot it. But he he has billions, like, millions in views. Mad thousands of dollars. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. He recorded everything on his cell phone and, like, his headphones. You know? So, like, also, sad enough, the quality, like, the, the, the what's the word I'm looking for? The standard of quality has decreased with time, with the oversaturation of music, of social media, of quick fame, of all these little, you know what I'm saying? Everything is, like, the quality has gone down, and it's just gone down to push stuff out. And now you're able, it's the best time, money-wise, to make it without money, but it's also the worst time because the quality is suffering. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, more content, less quality. So, Well, how does that make you feel? about the state of music i'm mad about it i'm salty i'm not gonna lie i feel like me and the bros have put so much time and effort into music it's making me approach my albums differently how so so my last album faith i spent so much time on that album like people have no idea like i tweaked every song i spent so many sessions on one song mixing every frequent like i spent a lot of time shout out to wazi um planning it prepping it put my heart into it wrote it like song structure feature i did everything i could and then after i made the album i was so exhausted like i went on vacation i took a break from music like for like two months or something right after the album i was after i make an album you gotta promote crazy i was so exhausted from the work i put into that album and the nitpickiness and that i just ghosted music for a little bit because i needed a mental break that's how exhausting it was and that kind of made the album still did pretty good, but it didn't do as good as my it's other albums. Amazing album, <laughs> I think it's one of my best pieces of work, and it's also like I know now as an artist, I'm not going to dictate the worth of my art on based on the general public's like um, appreciation of it because they I might have just not promoted it right, you know what I'm saying? And I didn't, and it was because I was exhausted. Now what I'm doing is reminding myself like. Sometimes I'm just going to make music and let it fly. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to nitpick every single ad lib. I'm not going to go in there 10 takes, 20 takes, do every, like, ad lib, double. I'm not going to do it like that no more as much because that nitpickiness might just be for nothing, really. People don't care as much. People don't notice unless you're the one making it. Our songs, that was the biggest song. Uh, I hate to always bring it up, but, like, it's a really good metaphor for this type of stuff. Our biggest song got the call, like, 7, 8, 10 million views, whatever it was, crazy. We recorded in a $20 studio. <laughs> we didn't even get that mastered, you feel me? And we wrote that mad quick on the way in my minivan, in my grandpa's minivan, on the way to the studio. You feel me? Like, pay 25 20 an hour. That song got us a lot of money at the time, you feel me? And still, it's residual, whatever. And then we had songs. We went to a big-ass studio in Soho, spent, like, $500 making... And that shit did the worst on the album. <laughs> you feel me? So it's like, it kind of reminds you. And that was a song we thought would change our lives. So it just, it, it like, for real, like, no cap. So it kind of reminds you, like, it's not what you think is the best. People are not into what they used to be. It's obviously make good music for you. But nowadays, it's not all about that, sadly. In this generation, like, people will listen to anything if it has a nice beat to it. You know what I mean? They don't care about bars anymore like that, like, as much. Some people do like we do, right? Yeah, I think I think there's always a fan base for it though. That's always. the weird thing is like, it's just not mainstream. It's not mainstream. It's hard to sell bars. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's easy to sell songs. Facts. That's that's the weird thing is like, 
everyone makes songs, but like it's easy to sell a song with a catchy hook that's easy to sing along to, catchy beat, yeah, and nothing too difficult to understand. Yeah. And we spoke about Jay Z, but Jay Z said that he realized he had to dumb down his lyrics because what he was writing was too complicated. It didn't appeal to a mass audience. So he had to dumb it down and it's still like crazy Superman shit, but he still has to temper his capabilities. Cause I think you guys would know people who have unbelievable bars, but then you're like, I don't really understand what the fuck you just said. And I cannot sing along with you. Like yeah. I cannot sing along to the words that I don't like, understand. Like super historical, like like prehistoric, like rap bar, like <laughs> alien, like universe, like yo, I'll be like, damn, bro. I'll be like, yo, but wait, like this shit is crazy. This is they be saying so much to say the least amount sometimes, yeah. or they be saying the least amount and just saying the I least. Think, <laughs> like, I think the best music is music that you could like relate to, honey. Like like really feel or be inspired by, or like at least have like some sort of message. This is you know what I'm saying. It's so, like. Wow, like really sick with your soul, like wholesome music, or even like sad shit. Hundred, yeah. Sad, you kind of yeah. need the emotional shit. I can't, like, not to go off on that, but I just want to speak about that. Like, so facts. I feel like, at least for me, the reason people connect with me, you know, what I'm saying I have like a like, a, I don't have the biggest fan base yet. I'm not like on the whatever, but I have a very cult fan base, and I think the reason they love me so much and connect with me so much and talk to me as much as they do is because not because I'm the best lyrical miracle spiritual rapper out here is because I'm just a real person when I rap you know what I'm saying like me and him like but the bros we don't try to rap like we just speak out like what we really go through we've been through a lot in life you know what I'm saying as we all have but we just know how to like portray it in bars right the the less you try and the more genuine you are the more people connect with it cuz even me I can the songs I bump every day on my playlist are not the lyrical miracle stuff I used to listen yeah. to when I was a kid. It was the stuff I can listen back to and it gives me a feeling. People connect to feelings. People don't... You use bars as a method to get a feeling across and energy across. And that's what I do. I Words are just a vessel for me to get the message across. You know what I'm saying? So that's like... The second I stopped caring of impressing people with bars is the second I like elevated my music. You know what I'm saying? When I tried, like, don't get it wrong, I have some joints where I'm spitting too. Like, don't get it wrong, I'm spitting. But at the same time, like, the songs where I just spoke from the soul mm-hmm. were the ones that made the most impact. Yeah. That's where, like, a lot of nice MCs kind of uh, get, like, a little caught up when it comes to, like, knowing how to, like, switch gears and stop to going from, going from just, like, super lyrical, like, Spit a thirty-two bar verse from the front of the beat to the end of the beat, <laughs> and like there was no like, you got nothing from it, yeah. yeah. Like you know, but like, but then you got to know how to break down and then harmonize and slow down and like, uh, uh tonalize from the stomach and then from the throat and then yeah. like you know what I'm saying. Dude, like, get like it's different. It's a whole different type of you're trying to to like blend. Mm. Yeah. Like compose, like to compose compositions. Well, 
we're here in Queens. Reminds me of 50 Cent. Yeah, 50 Cent 50 is mad Cent. close to here, too. Like, his yeah. hood is, like, five minutes from here. But but he is, to me, the epitome of a guy who knows how to harmonize, who mm. knows how to make catchy songs, and talk some mad shit. He did it the right way. Right. Yeah. Shout out to 50. Good, yeah. He did it the perfect way. The thing with rap, this is not all about bars. I know it sounds crazy to come from, like, where we come from with, with hip-hop and being fans and say that. Hip-hop is not 100% bars. There's so much stuff in this you could get better at. You know what I'm saying? You could get better, but not just like lyrical, like the metaphors, punchlines. You could get better at just your delivery on how you say things, your tonality. You know what I'm saying? Um, your pacing. Your pacing, your yeah. breath control, your singing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like to do hooks. Like you could get good enough. If you can rap, chances are you can sing a hook or two. You know what I'm saying? And you stop paying women or like singers, you feel right. me, to sing on the hooks. Like you can start experimenting with your voice like Lil Wayne did. There is always something to get better at in music, specifically hip hop. But people limit themselves to the bar spitting only. Like that's why a lot of like not to diss anybody, but like battle rappers sometimes stay right, as battle, battle rappers. You feel me? Not because they can't spit, because they can spit better than ninety nine percent of people. You know what I'm saying? They got the real bars, but why can't they make a record though? Why can't they make a hook? Why can't they make a joint that you could feel like that? You know what I'm saying? But they gonna make you go like, damn, like you know? It's because it's uncomfortable for them. It's uncomfortable, like, you know, and. Again, it goes back to imposter syndrome. Yeah. Where like you don't want to be bad at something again. Yeah. Like if I'm like if I'm the best battle rapper and I'm just talking about my own ego, yeah. I don't want to start from the bottom and yeah. do hooks again. Um, I'm just like it's easier for me to stay a battle rapper yeah. and just say, Hey, people don't listen to lyrical shit yeah. as opposed to being vulnerable enough to say, I need to get better. And the only reason people don't listen to my stuff is not because I'm not good, but because I'm not willing to get better. Yeah. Wow. No, that's And a couple of people in my life that I met in the industry in, reminded me like I was more than a bar spitter. Because if you listen to my earlier stuff in the career, all I had was me rapping on like old 90s beats, like metaphors and lyrical stuff, which is dope for that time. But like the songs for my solo career that's done well. But the songs where I went out of my com- my biggest song is like Sunshine. I'm singing. I don't even I barely rap on that, you know, or like Staring in the Mirror, which is like a melodic, like sad song or like now I'm on my trap stuff. And that's doing pretty well, too. <laughs> like, you feel me? And then Cope, which is like a ride slow, like L.A. type of sound. Like none of my like gritty, hard bar song that like I started off with was what changed my career. Everything that like was a boost in like a fan base or like money or anything regarding a success in music was the songs I went out of my comfort zone for. So it kind of shows you like if I give any recommendation to any artist early on, start experimenting early because what happens if you stay in your lane for too long and not switch it up when you eventually do want to start singing because you get tired of the same stuff, people not even want to hear it. Not because it don't sound amazing it's because they already put you in a box. It's like Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean is an amazing singer. Duke can rap, though. If he came out with a rap album right now, and people might not be, like, fiending for that right now. You know what I'm saying? I hate to say it, but, like, you get what I'm trying to say. It's like, R. Kelly starts... That's a terrible example. <laughs> I just, like, I watched a meme on him, and he popped on my butt. If R. Kelly, who's... Cancel R. Kelly, but he's a Forget, good... If we if we just put that aside, all yeah, the shit besides, that he did. Besides, yeah. the, you know what I'm saying? Hey, yo, stuff. You know what I mean? Like, if he's a great singer... If he came out, if he was free, <laughs> that was a terrible example. Now think about it. If he came out with a freaking underground rap album tomorrow, nobody's listening to R. Kelly's underground rap album. <laughs> like, it's because 
he built something so substantial with singing, right? Or like that lane. Same thing with Chris Brown dropping a rap album. Whatever, you get the point. So I think it's important for artists, especially if you're not on yet or you're not like on a label deal or you're not like required to do some things, whatever. Experiment, you know what I'm saying? That's what I did. If you look at my catalog, no one can really... Yeah, y'all can say I sound New York, but y'all can't say I'm an underground rapper as much as you used to be able to. Look look me up. Most of my stuff is... My biggest songs are not in that sound. And that's what I kind of strive for. Because I know as I... As we all become artists and better artists... But even like K, you know, like... he His style has changed so much. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he could do trap. He could do boom bap. He could do anything. You feel me? And I wouldn't even be like, whoa, you tried that out? And now I told him a couple of years ago, yo, start singing, bro. Like, it's the only thing you haven't done. Bro, start singing. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's holding us back is ourselves, you know? Then the a day, if you can, if you learn something, you can master it. If you put enough time in it. And that's just going to be another weapon in your arsenal. You know? Do you find that the urban architects, I mean, you both obviously push each other yeah. into, like, being the best version of yourself. Do you find that being able to collaborate when you have self-doubt, the other one can be like, Hey man, do it. Like, why are you doubting yourself? Is that a? Are you finding that that like working together, you're you're able to push each other out of the comfort zone, or is it more like you already want to do that and the other one's just there supporting? So it's not even something that happens consciously. It's just by me being me and him being him. It's a constant like drawing inspiration and like creativity and like back and forth, and then. Then it's also like, yeah, there's like a obviously there's a competitive nature, but there's like also like a brotherhood too. Mm. So it's like, yeah, like, and also like there's support. Like any idea that I've had or any idea he had, like, we support it. So then there's that too. Like, you got somebody who, like, you want to say, I'm trying to build a rocket ship. Like, all right, but how are we going to do this shit? Yeah, He's like it's like that. So we like, figure it out figure together. It out. So like that's good. So it's like, you know, yeah, it's definitely like if he does something fire, I'm gonna like I'm gonna try to do something fire. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? So like, but and then we be doing shit that's crazy. Yeah. So then it's like, oh shit, you know what I'm saying? So nah, it's, it's mad inspiring. Because yeah. I feel like my favorite rappers. This is gonna be sound mad cap, but like for real, I think my favorite rappers is my squad. For real. Like I really yeah. like I'm I think they're one of the yeah. best rappers I know. Like no lie. Like even if I didn't know them personally. Yeah, like, no, that it's true. It's like, true. Like and, yeah. and we see things that other artists Shout don't see. Shout out to Black Kush, yo. Shout out to Black Shout Kush. Shout out to like Shout a lot of Big J, everybody, Divine Wrath. You know, like Chief Justice. Chief Justice. There's a lot of good cats that we're around. We're blessed. That's, that's what and I said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's no we're so like they're so the people that we're rapping with in urban architects are at such a high caliber of lyrical and like musical talent because they we all come from musical backgrounds before rap too like it's almost like you don't want to mess up in front of them you don't want to come up with a whack hook you don't because we it's not a good look for you even because you know everyone's talented here too you know what i'm saying so it's almost like and like we're open with each other i'll tell bro like yo we do that verse you know what i'm saying like, yeah, you, have, like yeah, tell me I need more you know like i need more energy and yeah. and i'll be like yo okay do i need to redo this and he'll keep it a stack he's like yeah do it one more time even if i think it's fire i'll be like bet guess what i do it one more time it's even more fire so it's like sometimes so y'all are never like mm. no there's been oh, like moments this, yeah, yeah. yeah but that's what it is like that's what it gotta be that yeah it's but like like i said that's the support like that's support exactly and the fact that we're able to tell each other when it's like, mm, that wasn't the best, whatever, 
means like when we tell you it's fire, that you believe yeah. it's fire. Because what if I always told you that shit fire? I used to hate that. Because before Urban Architects, every time I would spit, everybody would be like, fire. It got to a point where I'm like, please diss me. Like, no cap. Like, tell me this shit is whack. Tell me I can do better. Because I want to know how I can be better. If everyone's telling me I'm fire, which they used to do all yeah. the time, I don't know what to improve on. And now I'm stuck like this for years. And that's really was what I went through. When I was started being around UA and we built that, I got I'm like, damn, I'm not the elephant in the room. I'm not. These dudes are just as nice as me, if not better. You know what I mean? So, like, that was really good for me. And my, like, development as an artist was being around people that were as good as me and better. Yeah. And honestly, this is some, like, some shit that really helped me. Like, there's only uh, so many things that can be happening to you when you're, like, trying to record and it's not going your way. Yeah. And honestly, it's either... You're not trying hard enough or you're trying too hard. Yeah. Right? Like, you want to try to, like, get it, just feel like you have it natural. And then just be real confident and let your, let, let your shit, let your shit project. Yeah. That, and like, let's, oh, that's how you go for it. Like, it don't got to, what's crazy is, like, it don't got to be good. Like, it don't got to be no set, no form of, like, uh doesn't have to be structurally fundamental yeah or to go with like you know like just you know music whatever it just has to feel right yeah I think music is a feeling man yeah I think right like it yeah. don't gotta be pitch correct or yeah tone, or tone correct or whatever like shit is all feeling like yeah and like don't get it wrong that stuff is nice it's all the glitter it's good, and glam yeah. and it gives a little spice you know what I'm saying the, a little a little spice to the dish, but at the same time, without the base of the dish, there's no dish, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you got to be nice too. Like, you got to be able to like, feel out the energy. And like, yeah, people like, push music theory. No diss to y'all, because like, I'm a musician, you know, we all, I get it. People push music, <laughs> like, just because I know people going to be like, mad about that. But like, people push music theory, people push like, pitch correction, da 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 da. I mean, it's Bro, good. It's all good, but yo, there's beauty in imper- imperfection. Beauty in you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some things that's are, true. Like that is 100 percent true. Yeah. That's why albums from the 90s are so fucking dope because the beats are scratchy, the the audio scratchy, yeah. but it's like it it feels good. Like yeah. there's something about like I listened to Big L's album and like is it crisp? No. Are the beats the best? No. But like. That shit is fire. It is such a good album. Yeah. Like Lifestyles of the of the Rich and Famous. I think it's Famous. Yeah, I think yeah, that's the one or Dangerous. That's the one. Lifestyles. Rich and, Dan- Rich oh, and Dangerous. Oh, big L. Yeah, 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 Big L. Um Classic Me always. I can't I can't remember half the shit that I yeah. talk about. Um but perfect example to me of like it doesn't sound perfect, but it kind of is. It is though. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're right. Uh, bro, that's why I learned with Faith, the album. Like, I was trying to make everything perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm dropping a new album. Hopefully it comes out. I'm going through some sample things. But literally what I did with this album, and this is not even a plug for it. I'm just being just like in a metaphor right now. But, like, I really just let it fly. I made it. once. Each song was one session. I let it fly. And it was, I love it. It's one of my favorite music. It's just because it was free. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't perfect. There was ad-libs I should have taken out. There was some <laughs> melodies I probably should have taken out. But guess what? It was real. And it was in the moment. And it felt right. You know what I'm saying? People be telling me to freestyle as a shit. This, as a peer to this man, <laughs> through the catalog. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Be thoroughly impressed or... I try, yeah. Or, I, I feel like I'm over trying to prove I can rap, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm just trying to be the best artist and person I could be as a man. 
know what I mean? Like, people be like, oh, I want to hear the bars. I want this. Like, freestyle. Da -da -da, drop this. I'm like, bro, go through the 50 songs. Go through the four albums, two EPs, the millions of the UA music. Like, I've proven myself to myself more than anyone else that I can rap. I've done some things, some accolades that God has blessed me with where I feel like I prove I can rap. And if you don't think so, then that's up to you. But at the same time, go check the catalog, man. <laughs> well, let me ask you. You know, we've spoken about the challenges. We've spoken about, you know, the what it is to make music, how you view music. What do you see next for you? What do you see next for the Urban Architects? Like, as you said, if it's this strange time in music. There's a lot of commentary going around about how hip-hop is not what it used to be. Music is not what it used to be. Oversaturated. I mean, the barrier to entry is like you have a mic on your phone and then all of a sudden you can make a song. You've got programs now that literally make music for you. It's studio quality music. But when you look at your skill set, when you look at the skill set of your group, what do you think is the next forefront of like how you are going to evolve and become, an, again, the best versions of yourself? I think what I'm going to do is stop overthinking the art so much and holding on to it too much and just letting the people get art and not getting too obsessed with what does well and what doesn't, and just connect everything to the concept of a legacy. You know what I'm saying? Everything I've... Life is so short, and this year really taught me that. You know what I'm saying? And, like, what I'm remembering is I make music that I enjoy, like, in the privacy of my emails, right? But I need to just let it fly. You know what I'm saying? I might change lives with that. It's not all about the numbers. What's next for me is to let go of, like, that concept of everything needs to be perfect and just remind myself everything just needs to be me. You know what I'm saying? Just drop it and build on that. Um, not get too obsessed with like the industry standards of what's norm. Not sell my soul. You feel me? Drop some more albums. Drop mad videos. Keep everything more of an in-house production. Stop outsourcing as much. Save some bread as we have been doing. Um, and with UA, and he can speak about it too, is like we're turning UA into a label. So we're officially a record label now. And me and Kay have something, you know, we've done some stuff already in our careers that's pretty dope, you know what I'm saying? Now we're try the goal is trying to build up our other artists, right? Divine Wrath, amazing producer, Big J, amazing rapper, you feel me? Um, just build up the squad, like our affiliates with our merch, Chief Justice, XYZ. So many dope people in the, in the team. Um, and just build up our merch, you know what I'm saying? Our, to a bigger brand, bring the vision that's never changed of like just focus ahead, self-development, work on yourself. You know what I'm saying? Stay spiritual. You know, keep your family. Keep God first. You feel me? And 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 stand Trust by the, something. Pushing the collective. Man. Just pushing the collective, pushing yeah. the message, and not you know not doing stuff for quick fame. Keeping it us. And if people want to stick with it, they're going up at the end of the day. We going to leave an impact. You feel me? When all this is said and done, two hundred years from now, they go through the freaking. If the internet and we don't get hit by media still and it's all here, they'll go through everything <laughs> and they're still gonna be like, that's some UA ish, you know what I'm saying? So unless you wanna add to that, but that's what And we're gonna be on some wax too. Yeah, and we're gonna we be on wax. Be wax. And we're gonna tour the world. We already planning tours, so that's next too. And we're going I overseas. Mean, you have to go to Australia. Oh no, that's on the list. We got mad listeners in Australia. Shout out to Australia, shout out to Zurich. I got a mural. I don't know if I told you. I have a mural in Zurich of my one of my albums is on a big ass wall. They did a mural That's of sick. me. That's, I love Zurich. It is uh, really I've a never beautiful been. country. What? Like it is sick. Like I don't, what is it with Americans not traveling? 
low key. Bruh, I, that's a fact. Like everyone's like the flight's too long, ah, and I'm like, it's, it's I mean, fine. I've been to, I mean, I don't want to brag myself, but I've been to Europe like five or six times. Oh, like I personally, every, I feel like it's an Aussie thing, but Aussies love to like fucking leave because yeah. the weird thing is like our winter is your summer. So, like, for us, it's like, I'm getting away for the winter. So, every July, August, that's when the Aussies start to go, fucking, see you later, get away from the cold, we want the sun. So, like, you'll see heaps of Aussies in Europe. But, yeah, what is it? I don't understand it. Everyone's like, the flight's too long. But I feel like what they don't understand is you don't fly American Airlines or Delta. You fly, like, a legit airline, and they're way better seats. Oh, of course. Like, they're way better. They're way more comfortable. I just don't get it. I mean, it's everyone's all like... It. We just got finessed. America's got finessed. We didn't get... We... I don't know, man. New York... I could talk about New Yorkers. You get so lost in the business of this stuff, it's just hard to take a break. Because I know if I take a break for two, three weeks, I'm coming back to chaos of, like, <laughs> you feel me? Like, I'll take a two-week break, and all I'm thinking about is all the responsibilities I got in New York. New York is moving so fast, it's hard to just take a vacation. I know I can speak about New Yorkers in that way, but I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I'm blessed where I was able to travel a lot. There was years I didn't. It's the best thing I've did. Y'all should travel, man. Save a little bread. Go with your bros. And travel the world. You know, I've been a, basically, a, I don't know, not everywhere, but a lot of places. You know, and how good is the food overseas? Oh man, God bless. I've been a, I can't. Oh man, so good. It's like they don't use as much oil as this. No, <laughs> New York, yo, American food is bad, dude. Like I don't know. It's you. tasty. It's tasty, but it's fucking bad for you. And it's like when you really leave like America and you eat like the cuisine and you realize how they really eaten. Like I was just in Spain not too long ago. Bruh, like you start to adjust to like real how food is supposed to be eaten, and you and you lose weight. You lose weight by on the accident. You know what I'm saying? And then you come home, you eat a freaking something out here, and then you gotta like you got throw up and stuff. You like your body needs to adjust to the so you get so used to the garbage here that your stomach probably gets like mad brolic and strong and like all the used to the parasites and garbage and shit. A G, like a, a GMOs, whatever they call it, I forgot. But then you go somewhere else, you eat some authentic food, not oily, fat, bad butter, whatever, processed shit. And then you come, you, you're going to get sick. You know what I'm saying? Your body Well, that's adjusts. what it is. It's not that it doesn't have fat. It's not that it doesn't have butter. Yeah. It's not processed. Like when yeah, I was in Italy, facts. like it's like the they take pride in the ingredients they have. Yeah. It's not, it's not about... It's about making the tastiest shit with the best quality. Like right. you walk down the street and there is like this little cheese shop and it's just filled with best quality cheeses. Like the tomatoes they get are like grown locally Damn. and they have really strict restrictions on like the pesticides they can use and hey. you can taste it. So like, uh, I mean, I was drinking wine and cocktails and like fucking going lavish. for it. <laughs> I didn't lose any weight. I mean, I didn't get fat. Yeah. I, I was losing weight. I was walking every day and I'm like... I want to retire here because like that, the lifestyle you get up you have an espresso you go for a walk and then you sit outside and you have a pizza you have a glass of wine they just know what it is and there are like no gyms over there it's the no. weirdest thing there's Yo, gyms no. there's gyms everywhere in australia there's gyms everywhere here in italy i was walking around and i couldn't find i found like one shitty gym That's that so i was like crazy you say that but yeah i was in spain like, for yeah. three weeks and i didn't i literally told the people i was with at the time I, there's not one gym out here. 
and I'm, I'll be trying to lift weights. So I kind of wanted to go to the gym. Yeah. I couldn't go three weeks without the gym. So I was like, yo, I'm trying to go to the gym. I looked everywhere. There was nothing in Spain. And they all skinny out there. Like, they're yeah, they're all thin. Skinny, like, like, not even like a little muscle. They just like skinny. You know what I'm It's because like, they ride bikes and they walk everywhere. Yeah, that's, and they don't got the no shit. dumbbells for like 10 miles. You know Which saying? low key, now that I think about it, because I go to the gym as well. Yeah. How stupid is lifting weights? Yeah. Like, like it's good for you because you, you want to have some muscle mass for when you yeah. get older. But like the act in of, in of itself <laughs> of going to a place and lifting heavy shit yeah. for like an hour the stupidest I mean, thing in like think, our revolution I think it's good when you do it right I yeah. think I think. well it's like uh, people don't know how to do it right too. you put your body under stress to make it adapt and like I mean it, it helps maybe it will, will, like it helps a lot of people stress release but that's the weird thing is like, like yeah you know, people like, need a, I mean I'd like, like to do it because it helps me be unstressed and like yeah. I like the intensity but it's weird that we have to do that to be right, not yeah. stressed yeah right, like yeah. it's a release it's an yeah. outlet it's because we have creative outlets, right? Yeah. We have this is a creative outlet for you probably, and oh, rap, yeah. rap is a creative outlet for us. But then it becomes that's fine for this, like. But there's everything's connected, right? Mind, body, soul. You feel me? So there's certain like journaling could be something for your soul, like you know, mind, the creative stuff. And now you need a physical outlet. You know what I'm saying? So, I guess it's like it's you know it's better than like fighting each other and beating people up i guess like especially for dudes because we don't yeah. talk about that enough we you know guys be going through it man we got pent up stuff energy we got like stuff we go through in the day-to-day we don't express correctly and you know i think the physical act of maybe not the concept of picking up heavy shit exactly but like the and the stuff that's released like the dopamine yeah. or whatever it's like good for the physical like being too so it's just a balance but yeah if you think about it it is kind of crazy you know what i'm saying well the weird thing is like a man is that there is always an undercurrent of like this could become violent oh yeah you know what i mean like honey yeah like if you or i or anyone in this room said something that was very offensive yeah all of a sudden it could become violent guys it obviously won't but like there's the undercurrent of like there is the potential I, right, and it's always. and it's like I feel like it's something that people don't really get. I think women don't understand it about men. Men don't really understand it about themselves. But like You're right. the the physical kind of like there is always a chance. Always, it's like one percent, whatever it might be. But there's always this undercurrent of like if this gets to a point where we need to fight, we will. Exactly. That's, that's the a, weird part. And that's that's a you know, it's it could be looked at as a bad thing. I think it's a beautiful thing in its own way. Like they're always like it's if it you gotta be ready to defend. You know what I'm saying? Either whether it be like a prideful I don't agree with people being violent for prideful situations. There's a lot of lives have been lost over that, you know what I'm saying? And it's the stupidest it's thing. Just, like, if someone like, looks at you and you punch oh, them, it's like you're those people are fucking morons. They're morons. Like, and also it's like, it's become immature. You know what I'm saying? I've, uh, I've gotten some squabbles in my life, not going to lie. But the older I got, the less people tried me because I just carry myself with respect. You feel me? But I'm always ready though. I, I, my brain and my being is prepared for war if necessary, but it's not looking for war. But I feel like that's a part of um, being a guy that people don't always understand. Even ourselves is why are we always like somewhat aware of that? Right. Like, even though I'm on the bus, I'm training, I'm still watching my surroundings. Not because I'm looking at someone who wants to look at me. I'm looking, is there a threat? Is there a possibility of something happening? And that comes from personal situations you probably people experience. But also it comes from, I think it's within us, like, as men, like, 
there is a sense of want to protect and defend yourself, defend your loved ones. You know, I don't know how other people feel, but I'll, I'll die for the people I love. You know what I'm saying? In the instant, I wouldn't even think about it. But that's just how I'm wired. You feel me? But in order to be able to, you also want to be like ready for those situations. Because when you, when you least expect it is when something can, can happen. So I'd rather be prepared for something that might never happen than not prepared and it does. Right. So that's, I don't know. Maybe that's how I look at it, but you got to yeah. be ready for all times. I, I mean, if you're not, if you're not ready, if you're not aware, yeah, then you're living in ignorance. I think like. You know, I wish we, we lived in a world where there was zero violence. That would Me be the too. greatest world ever. World peace. But that's Always. not the world we live in. That's not the world we live so in. So, like, you know, and, and unfortunately there are people who are going to take advantage of you for, as as we were saying, like, kindness and being nice and being good. They're, they're yeah. almost different things. Like, you can be a good person, but you don't have to be necessarily nice. Exactly. Like they're, they're, I Facts. think there is this weird of, like, it, the only way to be nice, the only way to be good is to be nice. Mm, but being good and being nice are not the same thing nah 100 but good is I, I look at good based on actions some of like the older ogs i look up to were not the most lovey-dovey like hugging me like every time i saw them they were the quietest and more stern but their actions spoke much more than the people that were nicey nice to me you know what i'm saying the people that were too nice to me didn't do shit for me respectfully you know what i'm saying the people that like they were just that was just their, like what they gave off because they want to be looked at in a certain light, right? The people who really changed my life, dropped gems, influenced me, were the ones who gave me a little tough love, or the ones who didn't say anything at all, but their actions like showed they they care, right? So it's you start being too nice, people are gonna take advantage of that. I, I you know, a lot of people live like that. I tell everyone in New York, like my my little sister, my X Y Z, you know, what I'm saying family members, friends, like always carry yourself with. Don't talk to every stranger. I know it sounds silly, but like. Use your discernment. Use your your intuition that God gave you. Don't be friendly to every single person because I used to be like that when I was younger. The reason I am now, the way I am now, and I'm sure Kay and other people can talk about this in the squad, like the reason we are how we are now, to some people we looked at as mean, is because our experiences that we went through when we were too nice, we learned the hard way, right? Because it's a sad world we live in. Like people take advantage of kindness. You know what I'm saying? So, and if the quicker you are aware of that, and learn that the quicker you can build yourself to someone strong who can be able to see those before those situations happen. But also, if you're kind to everyone, yeah, your kindness means nothing. Wow, yo, you know we dropping a lot of gems right yeah. now. Like this, <laughs> these are bad quotes right now, bro. Now nah, you're right though. If you're kind to everyone, what, when does it like affect someone? Yeah, and it doesn't mean be an asshole to other people, but like if you're kind to everyone. What does it take for it to mean something to someone? That's like, crazy. so, yeah, I think there's a thing. You, you set standards and expectations of, like, what behavior people can expect from you. Yeah. And then what is special coming from you? Mm-hmm. So, like, it's important people know that, like, okay, I don't do this for everyone. I, I'm doing this extra for you. Yeah. But if you do the same thing for everyone, then it doesn't mean anything. It's like if you don't stand for anything. Or if you stand for everything, you stand for nothing. Yeah. So there's like this polarity of like you can't be too far one way because then the contrast is also true. Uh wow. That's crazy. Damn, that's nah, it's it's a fact. I think there's it's all at the end of the day, it's all balance, man. It's all balance. I try to show love and respect to everyone, but I don't be nice to everyone. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think you can maneuver in harsher situations if you learn the concept of respect 
like master respect don't res- master niceness i know that sounds kind of wild like but if you get it they get it like you know what i'm saying have respect for everyone you'd be surprised how many situations you can make it out of okay and you try to be too nice and you might not make it out of every situation okay you know what i'm saying so it's it's just that that real good balance of being able to show love when necessary but also not you know, revealing your cards too quickly, you know? Yeah. But then people are going to say, like, no, you should... I know people who firmly believe you should be nice and show love to every single person you meet. I really know people like this. And God bless them, you know what I'm saying? Because I love them, too. I know these people. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to lie. Those are the people I know who've been through the most stuff if I'm keeping it a stack. So it's, um, you know, you got to pick your, pick your poison with that one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, you just got to do you. There's no real... Like, yeah. You know, we're just kind of talking. I don't know. We're just talking. We're kind yeah. of philosophizing, if if we can say it that way. But yeah, there's no handbook to this. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, like your experiences and what you go through as a person, um, kind of like influences how you come out morally and how you like your mannerisms and how you approach life. And some people might be without hardships and they're gonna come out very nice or something. Some people might have seen the harshness of life a little and come out a little more rugged, right? But does that mean one is right, one is wrong? No, we're just all a product of our experiences. So at the end of the day, like there is no handbook to it. I think the one like thing that both commonalities, like if you want to live a good, happy life, keep love in the middle, keep respect. And that's about it. You know what I'm saying? Everything else. Well, man, you know? I got to say, we've been going for like an hour and 40 minutes and it doesn't feel that way. Oh, uh, yeah, it's, 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 going, it's going awesome. But like, yeah. I, will, I, I will finish on this and yeah, I will yeah. say, Clearly, that point resonates with me and resonates with you because your life experiences dictate your own music. And that is what's clear. And that's what we've been speaking about the whole time, essentially, which is like the feeling that you get from your music, the feeling that you get from Kay, from the Urban Architects, is that it's not a lie. And I think that music ultimately is what resonates with most fans, even if not initially but long-term, as you said, it's residual and like they may not listen to it or they may not get it now, but they will get it eventually because human emotion is something that it just hits you one day. There are songs where it just like clicks. You just need to be in the headspace. So credit to you, credit to what y'all are doing. And I appreciate you inviting me down here. Obviously, you know, I didn't, I ne- when I started, I never thought I'd be doing this in person. I was like, I'm in Australia. What are the odds that I'll yeah. be able to, to meet? you know, artists like yourselves in person, but it's an absolute privilege for me, for y'all to invite me up here. And yeah, man, it's exciting to see what you can do. Thank you. You said that so eloquently, my guy. Thank you, man. (laughs) That was very articulate of you. Now, we appreciate you coming in the UA lab, you know, home in Queens. You pulled up. Shout out to Australia. Shout out to Melbourne. Everyone follow my guy. And thank you for having me, man. Blessings. Blessings. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news also don't forget to check out my patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show bye for now